Paul McGee. Welcome to Courageous Conversations version two. This is the second time we've had you on. How are you? It's, it's great to be back. And I have to say in the midst of all that is going on, we're doing okay. I've had the virus, it hit me hard, but that was probably now nearly three weeks ago. And yep. uh, Mojo's back. I'm doing good, really good, thank you. That's awesome. You're the only person I know that's actually had it. Thankfully recovered, but your whole family had it to varying degrees. Your wife and your son and, yeah. Yeah, my son's a doctor, he became a, but it was a classic example of how the virus impacts people in different ways. So yep. most of the family were okay within two days and I was like hit hard for two weeks. But apparently the red and middle-aged men are a bit more, can be hit more by this and I definitely fall into that category. I mean, man flu, right? It's a perfect oh, example. Totally, totally. <laughs> that's all it was. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad that you're back. I know you've done lots of interviews with people in Australia this week even, and I did listen to the one that you did with our very good friends Rick and Peter, and I was really interested in the conversation you were having with them about how you completely lost your mojo and you, you just weren't really able to function past what was going on right in the minute. And I think that's so relevant because... People don't have to be sick to be feeling like that when they're under stress, when they're suffering from depression, right? There's be a lot of people feeling like they don't have the mojo right now. Yeah, sure. I think one of the things I think that's really, really important, particularly from people in my space, my world of motivational speaking, is is we, we need to express and make aware our own vulnerability. And this is a time not for hype, but for help. And I think part of that help comes from being really honest about things. So there I am, you know, best-selling author, 41 countries I've spoken in. And I would come down out of my bed after maybe 14 to 16 hours of sleep. Um, Although, to be fair, it was incredibly disturbed sleep. I mean, I was going to bed like at five in the evening, getting up around six, sleeping during the day. And I have to be honest with you, Leanne, and with your listeners, I I would go into my little office because I always had a little goal that I would try because I'm getting a book that's coming out later this year aimed at teenagers. And I would oh, think, yeah. okay, my, lo- my little goal is just to look and read one of the pages I've already done and maybe just edit that. And, and I would come down and I was just like, have I got the fight for this? Even when I'm well, have I really got the fight for this really with what is going to be this really changing, challenging world? And I just suddenly thought to myself, Paul, you don't need the fight for the future. You just need to have the fight for today. You just need to get through today. I think self-compassion is going to be really crucial here. You'll know, Leanne, that I talk about hippo time, that time where we need to sometimes wallow, you know, digest your disappointment, sit with your sadness, even process your pain or your hurt. And, And of course, I emphasize it's okay, but it's temporary. But I think we need to appreciate, you know, that you, these podcasts and the books that are out there, the TED Talks, really are great to support us and to inspire us and to help us through. Absolutely. But I think we also need to just acknowledge that there's going to be days, there's going to be times, maybe it'll only just be an hour where you just go, whoa, this is hitting me hard. I, I need a little bit of hippo time. And that's okay. You know, to feel mad, bad or sad, as I say, is all right. Um, the other point is it's okay, but it is temporary and we need to also appreciate that as well. Yeah, I was speaking to one of my business owners a fortnight ago and she was not in a great space mentally and she's like, you know what, I just feel so sad. And I said, it's actually okay to cry, but give yourself yeah. a time limit. 
just let it all out. But no, when it comes to whatever time limit you've set, it's yeah. time to stop, regroup, and just get on with whatever's next. Absolutely. And I think about this sometimes about, you know, do we need to feel some sadness about what's happened? Absolutely. But let's avoid going into that pool of self-pity because that isn't ultimately going to help anyone. And that's why one of the things that I'm really, you know, and people are saying to me, if you had a number one tip about what we de- how we deal with things at this time, what would it be? Well, there'll be a number of tips. But you know what I think is absolutely crucial? Manage your mental diet. One of the things that can happen, I've got this metaphor, but, you know, if you're out at sea, uh, lost at sea, you're in a little boat, you could you could die of thirst um, because ultimately, although you're surrounded by water, the, that it's salt water, it'll dehydrate you, it'll make you ill, you'll die of thirst. And I think what we also need to think about is, OK, what is the equivalent of our salt water at the moment? It's consuming what I call too much CNN constant negative news it's it's immediately reacting to speculation about the future as if it's a fact and i think we need to as we talk about what kind of food should i should i eat that may be healthy and what kind of food should i potentially avoid not eating too much we need to think exactly the same with our own mental consumption so when you've got your podcast and others and people always going cool you're doing quite a lot of podcasts i'm going Look, this is a privilege. This is a lifeline. People are listening to this stuff and they can get an insight and an idea because hopefully they're getting some encouragement and some what a cupboard of mental nourishment or vitamins for the mind. And everything springs out of our mindset. It really does. So manage your mental diet, I think, is crucial. And you were also talking with Rick and Peter about your morning rituals. And that's something that we talked about with Tanja Lee at a session just this week, how important the morning ritual is. Can you sort of talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think one of the things that's really important is there's lots of things are out of our control at the moment, government decisions, um, you know, the world economy. But there are things are in our control. And even when I was ill, I've got this little thing about I I talk about what am I thankful for? And for is F-O-U-R. And it's just that sense in which every morning before I get out of bed, I replay the previous day. And I just think about moments that were great. And I mean, you know, when when I was ill, one of the things that I could do um, just for a, two or three days was we actually bizarrely had some quite nice weather in the northwest of England. And I was able to sit out in the sunshine. Now I had to sleep. Um, I've got a doctor. My son's a doctor living with me. There were so many things to be thankful for that I think just gave me that little boost. Even though it was tough, it just gave it's almost like if you're. If your phone is uh, almost on zero, no charge, I have to be honest with you, there was a time during my illness, I'd I'd plug in the phone, wake up in the morning, the equivalent of I'm still only on about 5% charge. That's how I felt physically as using the phone as a metaphor. But I think thankful for and thinking about that and thinking about my rituals and thinking about you know, can I get through today? Have I got the have I got the ability to get through today? That maybe boosted the charge, maybe only by two or three percent. But I think these things can add up and they can make a difference. And so for me, I would actually say the first five minutes of my of every day are probably the most important. And that includes what am I thankful for? I also ask myself two other questions. How am I going to show kindness to others today? Nice. Um, because I think it's about you you realize I've understood through the brain understanding more about how our brain works. When you show kindness to other people, 
it releases oxytocin and dopamine in your brain. So they feel good and you do. And again, I think it also that question, how can I show kindness to others today? It, it helps get us out of ourselves a little bit and maybe be looking a little bit more outward. Um, but the third question is, how am I showing kindness to myself? And I think we need to do that as well, because it's great to put other people, you know, support other people. But let's make sure we're doing it from a place of regularly supporting ourselves as well. Yes, absolutely. I know particularly people that are going through a really difficult time, like a lot of our property managers and some of our business owners, it's almost impossible to look too far forward because you feel like you've got nothing to look forward to. And so if you can just come from a place of gratitude or focus on what you are thankful for, Mm. it just helps you get through the next day. You know, you know, I'm a business owner. I'm in the speaking industry. Every event has been cancelled. So it's not like I'm coming from a place of superiority or just no. comfort and I'm fine. But, you know, there are still things I think I can be doing to maybe manage my business, but I also need to manage my life, manage my relationships, manage my mindset. And one of the things that I said to my associates, I have a couple of associates who deliver on my behalf as well, some of them sumo material. And I said, you know what? When things start to change and we start getting opportunities to speak again, we need to be ready, not rusty. And I just think there's a lot of different things we can still do within our sphere of influence, as well as accepting, you know, let's not put our head in the sand. Yes, it's tough. And there are things I can't do about my business, but there's always things I can do about me and my life to put me in the best place possible. So when things maybe return to a, a maybe a different normal, but when this other normal starts, we're really ready to hit that ground running. And hopefully we can look back on some of this time and talk about the pain and and the the difficulties I appreciate. But go, there were gifts in that time as well. There were moments that were really positive and there were some good things, even despite all the challenging things that we can actually take away from this whole experience. Yeah, Peter Kakos talks about, you know, two years on from this, what do you regret not doing? And I think that is so powerful. You really, we all need to think about what are the things that we want to be able to achieve personally, even just around the house, as well as as professionally over the next period of time. So I know you you also talked about comparison and certainly we all um, live our life comparing people's highlight reels, really, their Instagram photos. And you were, you were doing a little bit of that with some of your speaking people when you were unwell. Absolutely. And it was, again, because obviously I think about managing your mental diet and how sometimes avoid watching too much news or following people who are just full of doom and gloom and, and what I call the drama queen. But what I also appreciated was there was there's a Facebook group called Remote Speakers, mm-hmm. and I'm on that. And, and I was just really amazed, but also challenged and struggling with the fact that loads of speakers hit the ground running. I've got my green screen. I've got this new microphone. Uh, you know, I've got this new camera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, going, whoa. I mean, I am not a techie guy anyway. No. But you know what reflected on? That... If people are watching me deliver something, I don't think really their number one issue is how slick it was. It's like, was this content of value? Was what he said? Could I hear him? Yes, I could hear him. Was it the most clear studio quality sound? Absolutely not. But, you know, I could have studio quality sound, but not actually give you much. I could give you platitudes not tools to help us deal with some of these things. So I'm taking a step back. You know, I wrote I wrote a book around, and I suppose, how we deal with these kind of situations 19 years ago. 
One of my books was called 59 Minutes to a Calmer Life. It came out in 2001. Wow. And I'm just reflecting on myself and thinking, because there's a lot of people doing a one-week online coaching course now calling themselves an experienced coach. Yeah. I'm just kind of going, okay, Paul, good luck to everyone else. They're all in their lane, in their journey, having to deal with their challenges. This is not up to me to judge what the people are doing. But actually, my value doesn't come because I've got a great microphone and a great green screen. It comes from the content, the ideas that have evolved over a number of years. And I'm not just suddenly jumping onto the resilience and mental health and emotional well-being bandwagon now. This has been something which I realized when I started my business in 1991, wow. 29 years ago, that the whole area, we didn't talk about resilience or well-being then, but we talked about stress. And that was one of my first books that I ever did was actually on the whole topic of stress. So I'm thinking, I think people are more bothered about your expertise and what value you bring rather than the slickness of your presentation. So it's oh, been an interesting yeah. experience to go through, I have to say. Yeah, it gives you a whole lot more things to talk about uh, when we come out the other end, right? Yeah, and, and, and just recognising that we all compare ourselves to a degree. It's how we've evolved but it's but it can become a really unhelpful thing. So it's like be aware of it, recognize you do it. But if you're not careful, as as I say, we 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 compare our unedited lives with the edited lives of others, and then you think, yep. so how how did that help you? It's good to be inspired by other people, but I think we need to make sure that we we take inspiration rather than just get caught up in comparison. Yeah, I agree. When I moved my office home, I'm obviously in my lounge room at the minute, the one thing that I bought to leave on my desk was something that you gave me. I know that's backwards oh, at the moment. Awesome. So how funny is that? Can you just hold that up again? Do you mind if I just take a photo? No, not at all. Brilliant to go on social media. Brilliant. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Tell me more about how it's helped. Just Keeping focused on really how how serious, and it was on my desk anyway, pre-pandemic, and certainly yeah. this is probably, most things are usually a one or two out of 10, right? This is certainly much bigger, but I think just, you know, how can I influence or improve the situation? What can I learn mm. from it? How would I do it differently? And what's mm. positive in this situation? I just think that invaluable, absolutely invaluable advice. I mean, and that's and that is, I mean, brilliant. Obviously, feedback for me because it's not a case of whether well, that was a good session or we enjoyed your talk. But I've taken a tool away that maybe months later I'm still using. And one of the questions, obviously, is is my response appropriate and effective? Yeah. And, and again, there's there's certain questions have more relevance than others. And clearly, that first one, where's this issue on a scale of one to ten, where ten's death? Well, worldwide, it's incredibly high. Clearly, for some people, yeah. trying to put it to ten. But also, sometimes there's things like other aspects happen in your life on a day-to-day -day basis as a result of this pandemic and you realize it's not a 10 that's not a 10 i'm fit and i'm well i'm okay but it might be a three or a four or i'm homeschooling and and the kids are frustrating me yeah but it's probably only two or a three yeah. so i think those questions one of the things i maybe like to do is not give people here's the prescription and take it but here's some principles and tools for you to use you know i, I suppose that's my whole my ethos isn't about being the guru who you come to for the answer, but it's about empowering people and giving them insights and, and sharing my stuff. And what's great is how some people make you know, use my material and then develop it and use it in different ways. So, for instance, we have schools in, in the UK who run parenting classes yeah. based on my material to help out parents. And I'm like thinking that was never my idea. 
but it was they read sumo they've heard me speak they've got the book they've got the questions and they went is it okay if we do something it's free of charge we want to help parents and i'm just going i love that you know it's not i'm not always the go-to guy what do you think it's hopefully i empower people and equip people and, and hopefully encourage people along the way just as they do me yeah, I personally love the sumo concept, shut up, move on. Anybody who knows me knows that's very much my style. <laughs> like, get on with it, princess. I also like the fact that you had to evolve it for the schools, and I think yeah. that's really appropriate for right now. And so it is stop, yeah. understand, move on. Because at the moment, people are suffering, so you can't just say, oh, shut up and move on. Absolutely. Um, and I think yeah. one of the things that I've explored is tells how they will understand, stopping us and how your brain works. Daniel Kamen wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow, Fast and Slow Brain. And I often, you know, I've got what would come on my red baseball cap represents your fast brain. And then you've got your, your blue baseball cap, which is your slow brain. And helping people to understand, yes, we're in 2020, but part of our brain hardware is that primitive emotional fast brain that was part of, of uh, kept us alive on the African savannah 150,000 years ago. And so you've still got that fight or flight response or that freeze response. That's part of who we are yeah. when we're in red cap. And that is activated incredibly when, because it's above all its primary purpose is keep you alive, keep you safe. Are there any threats out there? Well, absolutely, yes, there are. But if we're not careful, if we don't understand ourselves, we get hijacked by that red cap and we sometimes fail to access, you know, you do have a blue cap as well, where you do more of your rational, logical thinking and reflecting. And so just helping people to stop and understand, here's what's happening. Yeah, that was a red cap behavior. You heard something, you reacted without having all the facts. Mm. That's understandable. What we need to do, though, is kind of go, OK, I need to manage that red cap sometimes. It has its place. It has its purpose. But sometimes I'm hearing a bit of information or speculation about the future. I'm going into like a psychological meltdown. And as I say, stress makes you stupid. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that's very much red cap. Hang on a minute. I've got the blue cap. And what can help you access the blue cap is those seven questions, Leanne, that you've just mentioned. And can I just say, if anyone wants access to those, those seven questions, if they just want to email contact at the sumo guy, Dot com. We can always send you a link to those or you can probably find them on the website as well. Yeah, perfect. I certainly find that I tend to, when things are stressful, I move fast and I make quick decisions that I have to understand that I've got people around me that actually don't react that way in stress. They, Some people's brain seems to slow down when mm. they're in stress. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I wouldn't say you're unique, Leanne, but there are definitely some people who went, you know, it's like, this is the time for leaders to step up. It's like, leaders, it's showtime. But how you're wired, how you, how, what, what you, how you thrive on maybe that adrenaline rush is different for other people. But yep. sometimes you become fast and become decisive in the way in which you're thinking and acting. Some people become fast in the way they react, but it's more from a kind of stress position and we're not going to be able to deal with this and it's a fear thing. Yes. And so, and there are other people who are just going to be, okay, right, so that's quite a challenging situation. I am going to need just to take a few minutes to engage my blue cap and to slow down. And what I say to people is this, you know, when you've got the time, take the time. And that doesn't mean take a week to reflect on it. But even maybe two minutes or five minutes can still help people. But there are some people who are like you, Leanne, and who'll be, be listening to this, who 
They just, this is their moment in some respects. And they just have that ability to see real clarity in the midst of the uncertainty. And they got that insight. What we just need to appreciate is not everyone is like that. And and I don't know whether I am at times. Yeah, no, and it, it is really important to understand that not everybody reacts or responds the same way to everything. And one of the things that I love in your presentation that I have stolen and I use in my own presentations is the beach ball. Yeah. You know, what colour is the beach ball? And, and everybody is seeing things. Actually, run us through it for those that haven't seen you present Okay, that. so if you imagine now, I've not got, I've not got an inflated beach ball. I, with I meant to bring mine down, but I forgot. All right. But if you imagine you've got a six-colour beach ball and if, if I present it in a certain way and show it in a certain way, so if I had it on my hand now and you were looking at it, I'm looking at the beach ball from my perspective and seeing blue, white and green, but you're looking at it and you're seeing three different colours to me, even though we're seeing the same beach ball. And I think in life we can see a situation and, of course, what you could argue is you've got your landlord's perspective on things, you've got your tenant's perspective on things. So they're looking at the same situation, but for all kinds of reasons, they've got a very different perspective. And it's the same maybe in our personal relationships. You know, my wife has a perspective on things that is sometimes different to mine. And part of what I do say is, you know, just step back, stop and understand or shut up thinking your perspective on the beach ball is any perspective there is and move on and see where other people are coming from. So I think sometimes in a great, you know, a great question, an incredibly simple question to ask, maybe in a team meeting is, does anyone else have a different perspective? We talk about all this, but does anyone else have a different perspective? Or has anyone got a perspective that we haven't looked at so far? Because I think sometimes we just, if we're not careful, we can get in danger of groupthink. And what I've realised is in my business, particularly with my office team, Boy, are they wired differently to me. And can that be frustrating? Absolutely. But you know what it means is they they challenge me about the beach ball by going, well, that's one way of looking at it from your perspective. But from our perspective, this is how it looks. Or maybe to your audience's perspective, you thought that was funny, but they're not they don't share the same definition of funny as you do. And it could also be construed as this. And I'm like going, this is so insightful. Is it always helpful? Yeah. It's always helpful. Is it always easy to receive that feedback? No. And so one of the things I also encourage people to do is if you turn the beach ball around in a different way, maybe we see all six colours and we're able to move on with greater clarity. But every time you meet someone in work or out of work, it's just really remember recognising they might be seeing this situation from an entirely different perspective, a different yeah. side of the beach ball than me, and I need to be aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. That is probably a wonderful place for us to finish on. Fingers crossed we'll all be travelling around the world again and and you'll be able to come out, as we talked about, in August of of 2021 and visit us out here in Australia. Fingers crossed. As always, thank you so much. You're very, very generous with your time. I love catching up with you. Thank you for being here. Great. Thanks very much, Leanne.